0: on tv online onkin isle of man that's where the real work's being done this is ept
1: not live hello my babies and welcome to ept not live i am uncle daddy joe stapleton it's the pre-prog preview show it's the penultimate show of 2015. The year of our Lord. Coming on today's show, we're halfway through the Shark Cage Final. Who's going to win? I know. And it'll be a miracle if that shit can air before I blow it. (laughs) Last Friday night was the Poker Stars Christmas Party. We'll touch on that with a little segment I like to call Sandy the Degenerate Fuck. Some of you may remember it. I played some online poker this weekend, so we've got some adventures in online poker John is this week's super fan, and his specialist subject is the WWE. Plus, James, I bought a bunch of new sound boxes for wow. Pride. We can play with these today. Go through those in a minute. Also, I'd See like what to we point can use out them for. that
0: this one, this new sound bites box, actually has words
1: rather than pictures, so you know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, this one does too. This one's called Really, Really Annoying Sounds, although one of the boxes doesn't work right. We'll start playing with these in a little bit. Uh, Yes, I should take a moment to introduce my work wife, Mr. James Hardigan. James, what's happening on the twats? Uh, Hello to everyone who tweeted over the
0: course of the last seven days. Thank you for your uh, nice words about episode 28. Douglas Fairley says, just discovered the podcast. Plus, have 12 Shark Cage episodes to watch. I'm ready for EPT Prague. Great job, guys. Uh, Sven says, when a day at work takes a turn for the crappy It's always nice to have EPT Not Live queue up on the podcast feed. Hashtag, have a good day. Did we get uh, get
1: anyone uh,
0: doing iTunes reviews? Did we get any? We did. I'll get to those in a moment. A quick word from Pedro, who thanks me for mentioning the Superfan Home Game on last week's show and points out that the Superfan Home Game tournament is now open for registration. So if you want to join the Superfan Home Games Club... Pedro always tweets the details. Hashtag EBC Not Live. Just search that timeline and uh, you'll get the details. Before we get to the reviews, I want to put this point across from Bruce. He says, I am starting to think that Joe Stapleton didn't actually do a talk.
1: Oh, my god, London I forgot fr- to economics. mention that I will be, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to do, uh, I've got uh, all the, it's all edited now, all the stuff from the London School of Economics. So, yeah, we got that. If
0: you doubt that Joe was there, you can contact... Neil Channing, Joe Beavers. Correct. They both, were in attendance. Both those guys were there, and we had dinner afterwards. Well, I don't want to get into it now. We'll get into it later in the show. Sure, sure. Uh, so, yes, thank you for those of you who've taken the time to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Um, the number of reviews has doubled, but that means it's doubled from three to six. Uh, so, do you know what? Pretty good. Very grateful, but I'm going to provide a little bit of an incentive. Oh. Uh, everyone who has reviewed EPT Not Live... That includes the people who reviewed it before we asked, going back to April of this year. Um, When we get to Prague, when we start doing our live streams, and remember we start on the 12th of December, I'm going to do a little contest, find three random prizes to give away, and those three random prizes will go to three random
1: people who've written positive reviews about EPC Not Live on iTunes. So, not exactly random people, but of the people who've left positive reviews on iTunes, they will be randomized and given three, uh, each given uh, one of three prizes. We'll basically put the names into a hat and draw.
0: So, we're going to be doing that probably within the next three or four days. So, I would say sooner rather than later, post a nice five star review and crucially write a few positive words on iTunes. <laughs>
1: Machine gun, a car. Star, it says start question mark start. I'm gonna be dropping these really really annoying sounds throughout the show, and hopefully we'll find one of them that's usable. Usable. I said usable because I was reading this as I as I said that word. Oh. Horn. Vuvuzela. Okay. Whatever they use are those annoying soccer wow, I didn't games.
0: think it was possible for you to buy a soundbox worse than the ones you already have. Yeah, this isn't
1: very good so far. And don't get me wrong, if it sucks, I'm not going to use it. But sure. I, you don't know what they're going to be like till you get them. They're about 10 bucks a piece. James, while I'm thinking of it, you are just talking about giving away prizes. And I know that we're not quite at the superfan segment yet. But I will forget, unless I talk about it now. We are looking for a superfan to come on EPT Not Live at EPT Live in Prague. We're recording... Tuesday morning, right? Tuesday the fifteenth? No, it's Monday. Monday the fourteenth. Monday the fourteenth. Okay, we're looking for someone who can come in Monday the 14th, probably in the morning, who's gonna be around Prague. Uh you don't, to be honest, you don't even have to be that much of a super fan. You just have to listen to the show and have heard this and want to come on. And it's the video version of the show. And I think Matt Broughton's probably got something fun a fun little game, some sort of Christmas-related game. Yeah, it's a good show. Anyone listening who is going to be in Prague for the festival, even if you're not
0: coming for the full uh, shebang, even if you're just taking a long weekend vacation and you happen to be around on
1: Monday morning, drop by the venue, uh, come and join us on air. And uh, speaking of doing stuff on camera, I actually did a little moonlighting this week, James. I did something really, really cool. I uh, So there's this producer here. Uh, it was a producer on Shark Cage named Dan Exelby, and he works on stuff outside of poker, which is pretty rare for the people who work in this building. And he's working on this show, like, hey, remember the 90s, or like the best movies of Jesus the 90s. Christ, are they still making those shows? I mean, they I guess so, they are. And I don't know if I, I mentioned this or not, but I, I got a manager recently. And um, it's actually for a pretty prestigious company. If I could say the word prestigious, maybe my career would go further. Well, maybe Um, it is for a prestigious company. It could be a prestigious company uh, in Los Angeles. And I'm actually really lucky that this guy took an interest in me and signed me. And I, I did pick up this gig on my own, but this is sort of like the first thing I brought to him. And I was like, look, I don't know if this is like a waste of your time at your company or whatever. It pays very little money, but I'm excited to do it. It's one of these, you know, talking head 90s shows. And he is like, many a career have been built on these types of shows. Definitely do it. I believe that is true. Just thinking about some of the numbskulls here on
0: TV today and where I first saw them in these crappy talking head shows that
1: proliferated television about 10 years ago. And I can't believe they're still making them. Well, I'm very lucky. I mean, look, I'm always in things that are out of fashion. I mean, poker has not been popular in about 10 years. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes perfect sense that I would move on to do something like this. And I will say, this is like the first thing that I handed off to my manager. So he's like, they're going to send a car for you. What's your address, your hotel. Very first thing, car never shows up. Car never shows up Monday morning, does not come to get me there. I'm like, Look, guys, I don't really care about the cars. Don't want to be late. So if there's not one coming, like, just tell me so I can leave. Um, I ended up being a few minutes late. They didn't care, obviously. And they're like, oh, I'll get a receipt for your cab, which I forgot to do. So I'm, like, out of pocket already for this first thing that my I, – I, First of all, I didn't tell my manager this happened because I know he. it's, like, his job to, like, raise a stink, and I don't really care. But I got there, and I don't know what channel – what channel are these usually on, like, ITV2 or something? Uh Yeah, I mean, Channel Dave,
0: 5, BBC3. Those, those, kind of like, they Channel Four to be fair still show. Did a few I hear of them. BBC Three is going away? It's going to be online only. That sucks. I really like BBC Three.
1: They're probably going to put your show will probably debut on the internet. Oh basically. my god! I, look, I don't want to talk shit about this show because I was really excited to do it because I think it's the first mainstream thing I've done. Now it's like a small stream. It's like a little a trickle of a stream. Do you know who any of the other Talking Heads are on this show? I don't, but they can't be very famous if I got in. <laughs>
0: No, to be fair, they normally balance it. You normally got, like, people who always do those shows, uh, people who happen to be in the news at the moment, and they therefore think there's a topical hook. And then there's a couple of people you've never seen before. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but they are normally the the most interesting people on there because they've actually been picked for the fact they've got talent rather than because there are no name.
1: That's nice. I appreciate that. And in typical me fashion, I prepared this up the fucking yin yang i mean i it. was up till three o'clock in the morning answering the questions so the movies that they asked me to uh to take a look at were pulp fiction oh let me get the, let me get the whole list here because i will uh so what is it meant to be like the the 10 or 20 best movies of the 1990s yeah, just iconic like... movies of the 1990s yeah, exactly exactly so uh it was the usual suspects yep goodwill hunting Okay. Which was lucky, because I saw Good Will Hunting four times in the theater. Like, in the 90s, it was my absolute favorite movie. Were there any movies on the list that you hadn't seen? Yes, uh, I'll go through the rest. Men in Black, obviously, would seen it. Shawshank, seen it, but I've only seen it once. Uh, and that was way back in the day. Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, Clueless, Edward Scissorhands. That just scrapes in, right? That was literally 1990, I think. Exactly, 1990. Titanic, Speed, and four weddings and a funeral, and four weddings and a funeral is the only one I hadn't seen, so I watched it over the weekend, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Now it's really weird. I remember when this movie came out in the nineties, and the reason why I didn't go see it is because it was only playing at the art house theater in my hometown. How is that movie considered art house? It's not, but in like where I where I grew up. I mean, there's like one. If there's not an
0: explosion in it or a car chase, and it goes into the art house theater.
1: Yeah, basically. um, Like, you know, but even like the Bond movies end up in the art house theater. It's, (laughs) it's, uh, let's say it's like not really. And because it's the art house theater and everyone in America doesn't know how to understand English people. No one knew. I didn't know if it was a comedy or a drama. And so four weddings and a funeral, it could go either way. And so, I, and I was a teenager, right, when it came out. So it just wasn't gonna be something I was gonna, it was gonna be on my list. Having watched it over the weekend, I thought it was fantastic. I ended up saying this on the show, and I don't wanna give away too much to give it, because I don't know what they're gonna use on the TV show. But I will say, like, the first 40 minutes of it is hilarious. It's like hysterical. And then about an hour into it, the comedy tapers off, and then they really grab you by the feels. Yes, because there's a funeral in it. Someone dies. Well, that's exactly it. So about 20 minutes into this movie, I'm thinking to myself, hold on a second. It's four weddings and a funeral. One of these people is going to die. And I'm like, all of a sudden, then it turns into a murder mystery. And sadly, it's not Andy McDowell. No, it's not. So I'll give away one of the gags that I did. Hopefully this makes it to the show. But the funniest thing to me, okay, so both you and my manager, both mentioned the same thing. You, like you gotta watch Four Weddings and a Funeral because there's this line delivered by Annie McDowell. It's like one of the worst delivered lines of all time, and it's a line where she goes, "Oh, is it raining? I had noticed." And I watched it, and I thought there's no way it could possibly be as bad as you guys said it was, and it completely lives up. It is so bad. All I could think about is like, what other takes didn't they use? I would love to see on the deleted scenes on the DVD all the takes of that line that were
0: considered too shit to print. Is she doing them like in an
1: Irish accent? Is she screaming them? Can she just, is she going, oh, is it running? I hadn't noticed. Like, I don't know what else could have been so bad. So to me, the funniest thing about this entire thing, and I had this knowledge going in, knowing that this line was so bad, is that if you watch the credits in the beginning, and I always read the credits of every movie I'm watching, it says, there's a credit that pops up that says, UK casting and then U.S. casting. (laughs) And I'm of the belief that the person who cast this movie in the U.K. was so disgusted by Annie McDowell's performance that they didn't want to be associated with it at all, and they had to make up a fake name for the U.S. casting, (laughs) since there's like two American people in the whole movie, and this English person's like, no way, no how am I getting blamed for that shit.
0: I, I don't hate for weddings and a funeral in the same way that I hate love actually. I think it's fine. Well your boy Richard Curtis only wrote Four Weddings, didn't direct it. That's true. Um but of the movies that he's written or been behind, uh, I actually think I actually prefer Notting Hill. And that's probably because I much prefer Julia Roberts to Andy McDowell. Yeah. Um and I just I just found that more enjoyable. Four Weddings I think
1: is fine. I don't think it's dated
0: particularly well.
1: Well that was the other thing and I did not mention this on the show is I couldn't tell if in all of these movies, I couldn't tell if if in the movie they were trying to make a statement about like someone who dressed poorly, or if it was just the nineties. Yeah, like I, I, I like think I,
0: a lot of it is the fashion of the time,
1: and also the fact that the costume budget probably wasn't that big. I'm just like, who who in this scene is supposed to look funny, and who is actually just dressing very well, considering it was the nineties. Anyway, really fun experience. I was nervous though, and so in the beginning, I had a, it was like me doing my first Envision link. You know, I was like tripping over my words and trying to talk too fast. And I, at one point I had to jump up out of my chair and like bounce around and just sort of hop around the room a little bit and just sort of get some of the... You dingus. Well, the only thing is this, is that I was up till three in the morning, right? And then I get up, uh, I was up and then I couldn't sleep. So I go to, I fall asleep probably about like 4.30 or 5. And then I'm up again at eight. And so I had like four cups of coffee before I went in there. And I just was raging, just caffeine coursing through my veins, shaking. So it was a very interesting experience. Luckily, these shows are so cut up, all I have to do is get get the line out. Yeah, absolutely. Get a couple of good zings out. And uh, so whatever makes it to air, I'm looking forward to it. And whatever doesn't, then I'll come back on the show and I'll tell you guys which jokes didn't make it.
0: I've just realized that we're about to talk about the, uh, very briefly, the Poker Stars Christmas Party. Something we never mentioned, and I think it's because we took that uh, two-week break or that that hiatus for Thanksgiving and the Poker premiere. I never mentioned
1: the PokerStars staff poker game at the Vic. Yeah, I didn't get to go to that because I think we were doing two shark cages the next day or something. So I had a lot of prep work to do. Didn't make it to that.
0: Uh, and this was this was a great event which uh, the, the team organized. And the idea is obviously taking everyone from the PokerStars London office to a casino to play a free roll tournament. Can't be held at the Hippodrome, sadly, because of rules about PokerStars employees not playing. Integrity. At that so Look it, into it. Instead, went to the Vic, the world-famous Groton victoria Casino above Argos on Edgeware Road. I thought it was the Victoria Corin and Mitchell Casino. And uh, the tournament, as usual, is the kind of splash-around, crapshoot, nothing-doing affair. But this is where the night got interesting. Uh, the guys who organized the night arranged for there to be two... Rake free cash tables at the VIC. That's pretty cool. One was a, a one pound, one pound table, which is a little bit out of my bankroll Building works, completely tapped
1: out of cash. Oh, that's right. James, James was like destitute like I am, the last month. It was I, hilarious. He I had have been stoned broke. Uh and uh they also
0: had a 25p 25p table. And okay. I figured, well, that might be quite good fun. So I sat down at that table. Uh, a couple of our colleagues, uh, Alan from the TV team, Brent, one of the EPT producers of that, that What table. Is Brent do
1: in slumming it in 25-25? Was the 1-1 game full? No, I just think he wanted to kind of like... Be with the rest of the gang. Yeah, he wanted to be with the gang.
0: Okay. He was a team player. And to be fair, after... Brent. Had a torrid time at the twenty five twenty-five table, he got stacked like three times. After I left, he then moved to the one one table, won it all back and more, and made a very healthy profit on the evening.
1: And I reiterate, if you are not winning at your current stakes, I would suggest moving up in stakes. <laughs> In order to try to win that money back, that is a that is a can't miss philosophy. EPT not
0: live and PokerStars do not condone that advice from Joe Stapleton.
1: I condone that. I condone that advice for sure. Do you have a? We've had these hand history imaging forever. Do you have a hand we can go through and use this? I have a couple of hands actually. The one
0: I'm going to talk about briefly, uh, which does not necessarily play through the streets, okay, was a simple hand on the river where I I, I figured it had gone check check. And I didn't realize there was a third guy in the hand. It's one of those awkward you situations. You tabled your hand? And basically, I thought it was me and Brent. It, it, I checked, he checked, and I went, I have tens. And he's like, whoa. And there's a dude waiting to act. And this guy. I don't know who he is. I've
1: literally never seen him in this building. But he was just sitting there with this ginormous grin on his face. It's like an actual EPT event where there's like one guy who's at the final table who you've never seen before. You're like, we just had six days of coverage. Where the fuck did this guy come from? This is one of those extras.
0: But this guy has a huge grin on his face. I'm thinking, oh, shit, I've screwed this up now. And... He then has to be pointed out by the dealer that's his turn. Bear in mind, 25p, 25p, a lot of newcomers, a lot of beginners. What's he got behind? Great I mean, what's his stack? Um, I mean, a, a decent amount. But the point is the pot's not that huge. And he bets three quid on the river. Uh, probably, about, probably about half pot. And so I just figure, dude, did you hear me call my hand? Right. And he just you, stares at me grinning. I'm like, did you hear me call my hand? And he's staring at me, grinning. I'm like... That's exactly what I would do. The guy's playing it great. He's playing it amazing. But then I came to the realization, the guy does not have a fucking clue what is going on in the hand. Not only has he not heard me call my hand, he didn't even know it was his turn to act. I don't think he even knows what the board is. So I snap call and I win.
1: Oh, wow. Nice job. So you took advantage of a simpleton. (laughs) Nice job. He's grinning because he's like, words are hard. Okay, let's 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 do a hand. Shall we start with the very beginning? Hold on a second, here we go.
0: Hand histories. Pre-flop action. I have aces. Under the gun plus two. Under the gun plus one. As
1: as with all hand histories, you, you gotta screw it up. You gotta, you gotta screw it up, Sam. I think it was. I think it was Aces. Yeah, it was Aces. It was Aces. No, it
0: was Aces of Spades, Aces of Clubs. I remember the cards well. Under the Gun Limps for 25p. Yeah. I decide to raise. Oh, yeah. But here's where I probably go wrong, and this is where I'm still thinking tournament. My sizing is probably a little bit shit. I make it £1.25.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make it more, usually, because it's a cash game. People love calling. You don't want to take it, like, 17 ways to the flop, so...
0: So it basically goes call, 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 call... Big Blind calls. The original limper, the the under-the-gun player, calls as well. And we go, I think, five or six way to the flop. Which is ten of clubs, nine of clubs, deuce of spades.
1: The Big Blind leads with two pounds. So, okay, when the Big Blind leads immediately, I'm thinking, I'm raising this lead.
0: But then, under-the-gun plus one a gentleman by the name of Thomas, who seems to know what he's doing. He's pretty solid. This guy, limp called pre, he now
1: raises to five pounds. What? And you? it's 10-9 of clubs. Do you have the ace of clubs? I do have the ace of clubs. I'm with the ace of clubs. I'm probably going to call there, but I, I think that folding is correct. See, I don't know what the correct play is.
0: I fold because, A, I'm a giant nit. B, I don't think that Thomas, in that spot is ever raising without two pair or better.
1: I think that he can be raising a ridiculously big draw, like Queen Jack of Clubs or 7-8 of Clubs. Potentially, but those hands those are... Those are the only two hands that you are beating. And also, like, you do have, like, a lot of action behind you, too, or, like, when there's that many callers, there's plenty of people that can still get involved. Like I said, I think folding is probably correct. It's like, full, it's, like, it's one of these folds. Like, I'm folding, but I'm going to hold on to my card so I can show everyone what a good laydown this is. I folded, did not hold on to my cards, uh, then got folded back
0: around to the big blind, who, of course, bet out on the flop. And after tanking for a while, he eventually folded, which means we never got to... The turn.
1: Or, because the hand was over. Or... The river. And because you folded, you weren't... Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Hey, we used them all. I think that might be the first time we used every single one.
0: we but, but we recorded I, those a year ago. <laughs> I did feel a little bit of a wiener, because... Thomas tabled 910. He had flopped top two. were the moral victor. Well, I just felt and I said to him I said I don't ever see you raising less than with less than two pair or set or as you say an absolute monster draw which is a very very slim statistical probability. And he said no, you're absolutely right. So the story basically shows that I'm A a giant nit but B also had a it, solid read on the situation. It did
1: go to showdown. Or he eventually showed you, not with your hand. I mean, like, did the hand play out to show? No, it up? No. no, it ended on the flop. But
0: he, he, he showed. He showed when everyone folded.
1: What a jaggaloon! It was a friendly game, not, Joe. Not you, him. I mean, him, like uh, not getting any any action, making it five pounds. Well, I guess he feels. This guy's leading out, so he's got a piece of it. I've
0: raised pre, so I might have something. He's, he's he's trying to get
1: value. You know, as long as we're talking about this too, me and James and Matt went and played in uh, superfan Andy Gibbon's pub league a couple nights ago, and we took some video there. We're not going to talk about it today, but we will talk about it. On the uh, EPT, not live at EBT live next week, and we'll show you all some video from that. Hopefully, we can get Matt to be honest about his experience because he did not like one of the dudes there, and he was fucking hilarious about it. He had a bit of a sour puss at the point that he left. Uh, yeah,
0: so we had the PokerStars um, staff poker night, and we also had the Pokestars Christmas party.
1: Now, you did get to come to this? Yeah, the Christmas party was fantastic. I try to go to the uh, any, I try to go to any party I can while I'm around. Yes, because I like parties and I like the free booze and I like to see what they do for us. And to be honest, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a brag, but I am really grateful uh, for um, for the amount of money that they spend on parties for the staff here. They're still really good to us. I think it's, to be honest, and now I, look, I don't work as hard as most people in this building. I think it's more than what we deserve. Um, like just, they rented out like a church, like a fucking cathedral, it's a converted church, which well, obviously is now like a party venue. Sure, it's but not it's not still used for Sunday worship. It's kind of the kind of place where like oligarchs have lunch, though. I mean, it is a it is a really cool space. With a cool basement that turned into the discotheque yeah, after the main meal a, was over. A nightclub entertainment. Now, I always feel bad for entertainers in these situations. Now, this kid named Christian uh, sort of help is on like the party planning committee and he's like, Look, we got some entertainment. I hired a card thrower. Uh, which I thought would be really cool for the whole poker thing. He's like, please welcome Chris Jesus Fuggison. Yeah, oh my God, that'd be great. And then they, you're just allowed to throw stuff at him. You're just allowed <laughs> to fire water cannons at him. So he's like, what do I do? He's like, how do I get the room's attention? And I was like, buddy, good fucking luck because I've like tried to do stuff at parties before and nobody gives a shit. No one cares. And uh, I was like, all you can do is just try to get everyone's attention in the beginning and then you might lose them eventually and just know that that's like pretty likely to happen.
0: Would you say that uh, having this close-up magician play to a room full of three people was one of these? Actually, that, that, that's meant to be a car crash. Now, by from
1: Lord. where you were sitting, yes, because you were in the back and unfortunately in a big room like this, right, acoustics don't work that well. So even if you want to pay attention, you can't even really hear what the dude is saying. And then unfortunately playing cards are kind of small so if you're in the back of the room you can't even you can neither either see nor hear so it's very difficult to he, ask the people in the back I've got it. This guy needs to understand that if he's playing to a
0: room of of that many people he needs to use like the giant cards like they used to have on Bruce Forsyth right, player yeah. cards right.
1: Some comedy cards now I will say this so it's very difficult to ask the people in the back of the room to maintain their, their attention uh, and to stay polite because if you can't see then you're immediately going to start talking I will say that the first three rows of tables could see him well and they were paying attention. And I told Chris after the fact that I thought, given the setup of the room, the amount of attention he was paid was actually really good. And the performer totally agreed. He said it was the most captivated an audience he had ever had. Uh, I know you couldn't really see it, it was really cool. It was super cool. The guy was throwing cards to the ceiling, hitting the ceiling, wow. hit, hitting the back wall of the room, throwing them and catching them, really cool stuff. Uh, so there was some. There's en- my whole point is there's entertainment, open bar, booze as far as the eye can see. I don't know if you have any particular anecdotes you wanted to share. I left night. at a relatively early hour. You know when you
0: realize that it's now or never. If I don't depart, it's now or nine a.m. Yeah,
1: and I figured now is the time. I managed to last another thirty minutes after you did, um, and that was. Just because I felt like putting in a little extra time. There are some people, I, I feel a little bit more of an obligation than you do a lot of the time. I, mean, so I don't like give a shit about anyone else, but saying me. goodbye to people and stuff like that. But I've been meaning to roll out this segment for a really long time. It was something we used to do on my old show. And the name of the segment is called Sandy the Degenerate Fuck. And what happens is that a lot of times people misbehave in life, and people especially misbehave at Christmas parties. and. Back in the day, I realized that I was always witnessing these really fantastic stories, but I couldn't ever tell them because I couldn't really out the person for doing what they had done. But so what we did was we created this character named Sandy, which is uh, a genderless character. Sandy, the degenerate fuck. And whenever something bad happens, it's Sandy Ah. who did it. So I would like to right now regale you guys with a story from the Poker Stars Christmas party of Sandy, the degenerate fuck. All right, bring it. And now, another chapter in the life of Sandy the Degenerate f- So at this particular Christmas party, Sandy, as many people do at Christmas parties, Sandy had a little too much to drink. Sandy had a little too much to drink. Sandy thought the room was spinning. And Sandy went to the bathroom where Sandy proceeded to vomit in not one, but two of the sinks in the bathroom. Oh, Jesus Clogging them both up. And the best part of this story, it's going to be a short one this time around because I don't want to give away too many details to out this person. The best part of the story was that at this point, Sandy wasn't ready to leave the party. Sandy wasn't done yet. Sandy stood in the bathroom cleaning him or herself up to the point... Where every person coming into the bathroom, Sandy would ask them, do I smell like sick? And when Sandy finally got an answer saying, no, I don't think so, Sandy then returned to the party. Oh, Christ alive. And went on dancing and drinking, might I add. So Merry Christmas to all (laughs) and to all a good night. TV Recap.
0: Moving swiftly on to <laughs> the penultimate episode, episode 13 of Shark Cage, the first half of the final. Um, so here's the thing, Joe. I feel it's my duty, uh, and I want to as well, promote <laughs> duty. the fact that the show's on TV. And I want people to know about it. And I tweeted yesterday a photograph of the lineup, talked about who's in the final, yeah. because I want as many people to watch it. And I just think... With a lineup like that, why would you not want to talk about it? I had a few people who were pretty angry and felt that this was a spoiler. Oh, because you said it was in the final? Well, I said who's in the final and whether people are behind who's winning or because the TV show hasn't aired in their country yet and they've not
1: been watching at YouTube.com slash PokerStars. Yeah, I think that... So, you know how I'm like basically really arbitrary with like my code of ethics and you can never really tell where I land on stuff? I am super super anti-spoiler like crazy anti-spoiler I will say though if you follow the star slash talent slash whatever you want to call it of a particular show and they tweet something that is promoting the show that is up to date I don't think you can really get too upset with them I think that if someone's just like a random fan of something and you're a week behind and they tweet a major spoiler like eat a big old pile of shit but for you you're just doing your job that's your job man But also, I appreciate that, okay, it's not on
0: proper TV, in inverted commas, in Canada and the USA yet, but as we do encourage everyone outside of the UK and Ireland who can't see it on Channel 4,
1: it's on our YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, you you have even more access to it in a lot of ways, so, you know, it's a... I, it's tough it's t- I, it's a race you know it's fifty one forty nine. i get i get their point but whatever man you're just doing your job but th- i think it's fair to say there was a great
0: deal of excitement about this final because it is a great lineup and people did enjoy the show going through the hashtag shark cage this morning on twitter a phenomenal response helped i think by the fact the show was on half an hour earlier which makes all the difference because a lot of people will think i'm going to bed now it's midnight but if there's something on TV they want to watch, they'll stay up for an extra hour. But if that show isn't starting till half midnight, they'll just PVR it. It's a big threshold, the uh, the 12.05 to 12.35. Uh, Andy Gibbons, who we mentioned earlier on, was very happy with uh, Phil Ivey's burn to Daniel about, oh, you, you, you got into the Hall of Fame? When's the ceremony? That wasn't a burn. That was just just
1: Phil being Phil.
0: Unaware of what's going on in the world. Uh, Eggers thought it was an excellent and engrossing show. Uh, Simon Baker watched it after his night shift finished. What I was particularly keen about, because we invited the armchair analysts to have their say, and everyone has a view on how everyone else played a hand of poker. Andre Akari's exit was, shall we say, less than conventional. Um, he decided to gamble, committed a huge chunk of his stack by semi bluffing, called the rest off on a draw, and I think Campbell Morrison puts it
1: perfectly. What the fuck, Andre? Uh, what the actual fuck, Andre? Yeah, I was. Uh, so what I did last night, James, is I. Uh, I like the way we tweet. By the way, you tweet during the day usually. That shark cage is on later tonight, and I usually say shark cage is on right now. Uh, and i think that that works pretty well so i can catch some folks that maybe are up flipping around the channels and i had this idea that i was going to tweet out my hotel room phone number and let people call <laughs> and talk to me during the show ridiculous wh- idea ever which i did do and i filmed it and i recorded the calls so we'll be able to show those next week on EBT not live at EBT live i will say uh i don't want to give away too much of that but i will say that um I had a conversation with a particular viewer about the Andre Akari hand, and we we're both in agreement that, like, look, I'm not really one to judge the way people play hands because I ain't so good at poker. But that was fucking that was a, that was abysmal. I don't even know I don't even know how that happens. Uh, Thomas
0: Campbell says, "Really, calling all in, committed to start with, then priced in." dumb uh charlie smith however says i don't hate the call as he's never going to be up against any blockers and he was getting the right price and that's the key at that point that antonio shoves on him he's getting the right price it's the bets leading up to it that force him into that corner that's the issue and
1: you know part of it is the format you know part of it is that winner takes all winner takes all and if you're um you know you, you you start off with a million chips which sounds like a lot but it's really not that many once you get to like a turn and it's, you know, it's like a big pot. So it's probably not as bad as it looks, but it looks really, really bad. Other comments. Josh Akers says an insane lineup.
0: Uh, Nico was watching last night. Uh, Steven says love watching Daniel Negrano at any poker table. Greatest combination of entertainment and skill tons of tweets reacting to this and I'm sure everyone's on tent hooks waiting to see what happens in the final show and to see who closes this out we know it won't be Andrea Kari first man out and we know it won't be Jennifer Shahadi because she was eliminated towards the end of the show so remaining are the three great whites the three bosses Nagranu, Ivy and Esfendiari and
1: Maria Ho um, I actually wanted to talk about Jen Shahadi a little bit because two things two things uh three actually uh, one is that um I at one point I say Jen's known to take a while on her decisions and I think that was unfair for me to say because she's at the when I say that she's put in her third time bank chip meaning she's taken a minute and I feel like that comment is a little unfair to say that she's been like tanking because she's been thinking for like a whole minute about calling off like 80% of her stack so I think that was a little unfair. Um, there is one part where like, I'm sort of stumbling through my lines and we like decide to let it live because I'm like, and there's like, and there's a straight out there and a flush. And then the way the original line goes, I go, and a flush is also there, but I, they ended up cutting out everything after is. So I just end up going, uh, and so there's like two pairs and a straight and a flush is, and that's it. So it sounds like more of a stake. Mistake they really meant it to. And finally, Francine, boss lady, Khaleesi, when I said, beam me up, Scotty, as Jen was leaving the stage because her outfit looked like a Star Trek uniform, I was told that wasn't going to stay in the show. But I heard it last night on channel fucking four. Why is it a problem if it stays in? Because I didn't want to make fun of Jen's dress. (laughs) On worldwide television. <laughs> it was just for the people in the room. And I d- I thought it was a little mean and a little harsh. But no, that stays. I thought you guys just took stuff out of the shows. <laughs> I didn't know you left in some of us. I'm like, hey, guys, this is just for you. Don't say it into a microphone if you don't want it no, to make no, no, it on the that's show. No, You're just saying that because it serves your purpose right now. Because you like the fact that it stayed in the show. You say plenty of shit. You say plenty of fucking shit. Anyway... I'll show you guys some video of the folks who called me. Um, How many of them, and I'm going to take the under on one, were sober? Uh, I'd say probably two to three were sober. Wow. You'll see. The thing is, I got to edit it down because I have to edit out all the parts where I laugh at my own jokes from <laughs> sitting there watching and the end is like, nah, laugh laughing at my own jokes. That's going to take a while to cut all that out. Good show, though. Looking forward to seeing, seeing who wins. <clears throat> I almost did it. Don't.
0: Uh so just to clarify the final episode of season 2 of Shark Cage the conclusion of the final the winner will be crowned next week and that show will air in the UK on Tuesday the 15th of December and the following day it will be available for the rest of the world to see at youtube.com/pokerstars Adventures in online poker the silver lining to the cloud of being stuck in the UK is that you can play online poker.
1: That's one of them. There's a, there's a few silver linings. One of them is that it's perfectly acceptable to go out and get drunk in the middle of an afternoon on a Saturday, and that's what I did. But you have to be
0: watching a sporting event, at least on television, to justify the afternoon drinking.
1: Oh, no, I didn't do that. I got up on Saturday morning and went and, went and met a friend at Borough Market and uh, just started drinking. Then I went to Bounce. There's a new Bounce in, uh, in Shoreditch. We played ping pong for a few hours and... By six o'clock at night, I was knackered. I went home. I can't believe I just said knackered. And it was <laughs> ironic. You have been indoctrinated. I was exhausted, and I went back to my hotel, and I went to sleep oh, at bless six you. o'clock in the evening, and I woke up about 9.30. You know how that feeling when you wake up at night, and you just feel... You, you slept between 6 p.m. and 9.30 p.m.? Yeah. Oh,
0: that's grotesque. And you
1: just feel terrible, right? Yeah. You just feel like the biggest piece of shit, and you're just like, what do I do now? Like... Do I go out? Do I stay up? I really just want to go back to sleep, but I was afraid I'd wake up at like four and just be up. I do not really know what to do. And so I was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's fire up the old client. Let's fire up the old PokerStars client and see what's happening online. And I noticed that they had a bunch of uh, bounty tournaments happening. And I was like, you know what? I like a bounty tournament because I don't have to stay up till six o'clock in the morning to make money. You know what we need here? And I know you don't have It's the Negranu drop. Bounty, 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 come get some. I do not have that one. The most
0: overused drop in promoting the uh, old bounty shootout contest that the NAPT used to run.
1: We should have that. Oh, how do we not have that? Anyway, yeah, so I'm playing some bounty tournaments. I entered like a a $22 bounty tournament. That's like the one with the big guarantee. And then I entered like an $82 bounty tournament. And there are all these bounty tournaments where uh, the bounties are like three quarters of the buy-in. And really, it's a small portion that are going to the prize pool. And uh, I don't know why I always like playing bounty tournaments because I'm always the guy that like if I make the final table has like two bounties like my little bounty is like thirty one dollars everyone else is like seven hundred and so I I I actually scored a couple bounties in a couple of them the eighty two dollar one I got like one or two bounties and then and got bounced out of that but I ended up going pretty deep in the twenty two dollar bounty tournament. Um, I think 1,550 people entered or something. First of all, I was on a table with a guy named Fab Soul. Is that Fabrice Soulier? It's got to be, right? F-A-B-S-O-U-L. I'm pretty sure it's that's his online him. handle. And uh, I went pretty deep and I, I, I cashed. They paid like 151 places and I cashed. And I was sitting next to this guy who uh, was just kind of complaining and whining in the chat box. And I was like sort of just chatting back with him because – I wasn't antagonizing him, but I was like, oh yeah, unlucky mate, whatever you say to people. And just, just because it seems like at the live poker table, sometimes that everyone, no one responds. It's like semi-cruel. And then online, it's not as cruel. But I still feel bad. Like the guy's like talking into the ether. So I was like answering him. And then at one point we played this really big pot where I had uh King Jack, the flop came King high. Um, I had raised, he was like in the big blind and he bets flop, bets turn and then, uh, then the jams turn and the turn was a deuce. It was something like, um, I had King Jack. So it was King, Queen, 10 on the flop. Deuce on the turn. He jams a turn. I call. He has King Deuce. River's a jack. So I suck out. Although to be honest, he was only ahead on one of the streets. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, he loses his shit in the chat box. Just oh, like loses his mind. Wow, you fucking donk. What the fuck? My response, that's not very nice. Didn't you want me to call? You're a fucking joke, go fuck your dad, you, and then whatever else he said, I can't tell because it's just asterisk. This is fucking unreal, this bullshit. My response, you're not a very nice person. That's sad. I feel bad for you, homie. Sight's <laughs> a joke, had you crushed, then you pull off this retarded miracle, you expletive. I can see why you'd be upset, but to make a personal attack and call someone names, boy, I'm sorry for whatever's gone wrong in your life." It's
0: not like you had two outs or three outs here. You were also up and down, right?
1: Right. At which point he says, you're a stupid N-word. Uh-oh. And that's just unnecessary. It's just weird. Well, none like, of it's necessary. I'm well, I sorry. Even, like, I don't think any of it's... I was, look, if you're gonna be mad at anyone, be mad at the dealer. Like, we got in this long argument. Uh, Actually, this is where I really, after he says N-word, I just said, maybe if you were a kinder person, you would run better. (laughs) <laughs> See, so, this is this is why there is a
0: function to report people for chat abuse, and as soon as racial slurs come up, that's when that functionality should be used.
1: Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I was like focusing on playing and so I mean, I was like you know chatting with him, but like to open up more windows is just more trouble is going to be worth for me. But what no, we did no, is,
0: no, I think these people need to be reported. Quite frankly,
1: what I don't understand is, and probably anyone who is who is um, listening to the show, what I don't understand is. Why he would be angry with me. I was like, so we got in this long discussion after this of which he never answered I actually answered the question. Didn't you want me to call? He was angry that I called. He's like, you idiot, how could you not fold? Why didn't you do, no, how could wants, you he wants how to call could there. you how could you think you're the best hand? And I was like, So you wanted me to fold? And he's like, Yeah, I'm like, Well, that would be really bad because you would be making a worse hand fold. And then that's when he lost his mind. Maybe he thought that kings and deuces weren't good there and he turned his hand into a bluff that that's maybe that's exactly what he thought. So anyway, at this point, and the thing is he had a he had a really big stack. Um he had uh probably uh the blinds were tw- 2500 and he had uh like uh, 80k and I stacked him for almost all of it. Now, again, this is classic me. I left him with 276 chips with blinds at 1250, 2500. So, he had not He had like an ante. Now, this is where I actually have a question. So at this point, right, like um, I, I have about like 160K and he's all in. Now, his bounty is worth 182.33 right now, right? The buy-in for this is $22. Okay. So if I bust him, it's worth 90 bucks. Right. So he's all in in the ante. It goes like uh, then the short stack next to him shoves for about 30K and it goes, call, call, and I'm in the small blind with um, King-9 offsuit. I got a call, right? I think there's a lot of, you got a lot of equity there because there's two bounties in play, right? Yeah, there's two bounties in play. Now the other bounty, oh, the other bounty is for 60 bucks too, actually. So um, I'm never ahead. No. And and there's two people that can bust me in the hand also. Like, the other two callers can bust me. They've got more chips than I do. But I felt stupid, like, calling it off with King-9 offsuit. Obviously, I didn't win the hand. But uh, it did check down. So then then I went from, like, having an okay stack to, like, having, like, a mini stack at that point. And then I played a hand really badly. At least I think it was badly. Tell me what you think of this. Uh, action folds around to me in the, cu- in the hijack. Right. I've ace four offsuit. Um fold. Really? I might. I don't know. I have like a pretty decent stack. I've got like um let's see. Yeah, I've got like I don't know. Maybe, you're told maybe I, you
0: had a, you're told me you told me the stack.
1: I blinds are 5 uh tw- 2500 5000. Right. And um what's your stack at the start of the hand? My stack at the start of the hand. What is what is one half of 275. 130,000. 130, 130, 8. 000. So I like 140,000. Okay, 140,000. And... So it's like, what is that? 22 big blinds? Roughly 20, 20 odd big blinds. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's my first mistake. Maybe my first mistake is raising there. I had been stealing every once in a while, which is kind of how I was keeping myself afloat. I refer you to what I said earlier on. I'm a giant netball. Uh, true. So maybe maybe that's mistake number one. I raise, I get called uh, the big blind. I have ace four and the flop comes ace, ace eight. Okay, well now you can't go anywhere. Correct. Um, and the uh, the big blind decides to lead. So I call. Right. Uh, on the turn, the big blind checks. What is the turn? The turn is a deuce. Okay. Uh, there's no draws out there. It's ace, ace eight, no draws. Uh, the deuce is a tu- deuce of hearts, which puts a flush draw out there. Uh, the big blind checks. I check because I figure if he's bluffing, I can't really get any action. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to get a full, I can maybe get a river bet out of him. Uh, the river, he checks again. So I bet he raises me all in. I call and he's got a full house with Ace Deuce. So he got there on the turn. Yeah. And I think that, and I, th- I really hated my call in the end. I, I think that now again, maybe... Maybe with the blinds where they were, I was just never getting away from it no matter what. Maybe I should have gotten it in sooner. But I feel like he can never raise me all in without a full house. Like I just don't think he can do without a full house. That's probably I, true. I, I mean,
0: time and time again, and we say this, when they when they bomb the river, ninety-five percent of the time it's because
1: they've got it. They've got it. Yeah. And I think that I so I was like really angry with myself for making this call. Um, which is nice. Honestly, a lot of people are like I don't care what happens as long as I play good. Like, I don't care if I get unlucky. I'm the exact opposite. I would get furious if I get unlucky. If I play bad, I'm like, oh, okay, I played bad. That's my fault. That's my fault. That was my mistake. So, like, I was annoyed with myself, but I was way less angry than, like, losing a flip or, like, losing. And to get to this point, to get down to this point, I had three different hands where I flop top pair turn trips and my opponent ri- rivered a full house with a pocket pair on three different hands. You're really good at that. And it's I did. And should... any of those hands, I only called the river every single time I just called the river. So I could have been out a bunch of times before that. Long story short, James, which is a typical for me in my online poker fashion, I finished 25th place out of 1,560 runners for $54. But the bounties, Joe. The bounties. And bounties of $60. And I went to bed at 6 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And I woke up the next day at 2.30 in the afternoon, which, as you know, here in London means it was dark already, which is a disgusting, disgusting feeling. think
0: how much fun you had while you were playing being racially abused by a random person let's talk about poker games that are going to be running in the Czech Republic over the course of the next few days as we go into the lobby and talk about the fact that we will be streaming the Prague leg of the European Poker Tour from this coming Saturday, the 12th of December. Joe and I are leaving in 48 hours, heading for the capital city of the Czech Republic, heading for Prague, and yeah, streaming five days of the main event from day two through to the final day on Wednesday the 16th. Cards up coverage of that final table. Watch the stream, pokestars.tv. There will be free rolls every single day. And Joe, there is, of course, the one buck bounty bonanza. How many players do you think have pre-registered for the one buck bounty bonanza? Yeehaw, the one buck bounty
1: bonanza. Which, uh... by the way, costs $1.10 to play. (laughs) I got a pirate sound effect thing. 55 people have pre-registered for the One Buck Bounty Bonanza. 3,014 players
0: have already registered for the One Buck Bounty Bonanza taking place on the 15th of December.
1: That's shocking. A free roll I could understand, but uh, but uh, a thing they have to pay for, that's rare. So registration open for that one. 6 p.m.
0: Central European time. $1.10 to play. And the reason why they're registering is because this is the game with added value. First of all, there's a one buck bounty Bonanza League that runs through the entirety of Season 12 of the EPT. Number two, there is $700 in added money. There is 600 bucks added to the prize pool by PokerStars, and there are $50 bounties on two schmucks called Joe Stapleson and James Hartigan who will be playing in that event on December the 15th. So free rolls every day, and of course there is an extra free roll the day after our coverage ends. That's on the 17th of December, and the password for that free roll is eggnog. E-G-G-N-O-G. eggnog All lowercase is the password for the free roll on December the 17th. Eggnog,
1: E-double-G-N-O-G. Do you think eggnog is a thing because it already looks like vomit? And it makes you vomit? Yeah, it just... It looks the same coming in as it looks going out, Yeah, your body just doesn't have to process it (laughs) the same way. So registration for that game
0: won't actually open until the day itself. So write down that password. Use it on the day. Eggnog gets you in the game. There we go. Do I smell like sick? Do I smell like sick? Merci pour le callback. Uh, so let's see if we can get a superfan to an EPT. One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out, and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapes. It's
2: superfan versus States
0: So our pre-Prague superfan who has literally crossed a runway to speak to us today is John Jacobs. John, we need to know more. Where are
1: you on the planet? Hello, John! John's gone. We lost John. No! John, no! Do you think he got hit by a plane? I sincerely hope not. Do you think that he used his phone too close to a taxiing airliner and it crashed into the control tower? Well, this is the most excitement and suspense we've ever had on this show. You can cut it with a knife. Come in, John. Hello? He's alive! He's alive! He's with us.
0: <laughs> we were slightly concerned that an aircraft had got you and sucked you into its engines. Uh,
2: luckily, I, I just missed
0: it. Uh, so... I'll ask the question again, John. Where on the planet are you, and why?
2: Um, I'm in Gibraltar because I've got a job here.
1: Huh? Is okay. What? What? What do you do in Gibraltar?
2: I work for a gaming company, social media.
1: Ah, oh. oh, you see, it was either that. It's either the gaming
0: industry or the SAS, because those are the only two things I'm aware of on Gibraltar, apart from
1: monkeys. And if it was SAS, he'd probably have to say a gaming industry. So, basically, what we're
0: saying, John, is we know nudge, nudge, wink, wink, what you're doing on the rock of
1: Gibraltar. <laughs> I think monkey cleanup also is like a big thing in Gibraltar. Maybe he's just doing that and too embarrassed to say so.
2: yeah, if I was doing that, I would say gaming industry so
1: can you can you tell us anything about what you do but not the company you work for like what exactly do you do for social media? Do you just do ads, that kind of thing um.
2: Like, the customer service side is half of it, and then the other side is just, like, promoting whatever sport event is live on TV at the time. So, tonight we'll do, yeah, the Champions League on a Sunday night. It'll be NFL, whatever.
0: Okay, so you're in the industry, John, but obviously the questions aren't related to poker anymore. We ask the superfans to pick a specialist subject, and you picked WWE, formerly known as WWF, post the year
1: 2000
2: yeah I figured that uh, Joe knows a little bit about WWE so I'm I like, do I'm I'm
1: now my it. my main WWE expertise is pre the year 2000 but I know a little bit. About post 2000 So I'm, I'm game, I'm ready Now the questions I have in front of me Are quite literally hot off the
0: press The paper is still warm Because it's just been printed By the member of our production team Who put this together Who is the only person I could find Who had any knowledge
1: whatsoever Of the WWE So fingers <laughs> crossed it, Let's hope for the best It's difficult because you know it's mostly adults who work here And not <laughs> adolescents Here we go <laughs> Superfan versus
2: Stapes.
0: So you know how it works, John. You're playing for a Step C ticket worth 27 euros, and then everyone loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. You need to beat Stapes. I have eight questions in front of me on the subject of the WWE. You get to choose whether you're going first or second.
2: I'll go second. In
0: which case, Joe, you get the first question. Okay. What connects the following WWE characters? Cactus Jack, Dude Love, and Mankind. They're <laughs> all played by Mick Foley. It's the correct answer.
1: He's, Joe? he's maybe he's maybe the greatest wrestler of all time if you think about it. John, would you uh, concur
0: with that analysis?
2: Uh yeah, he's definitely up there. Definitely up there.
0: So your question, John, see if you can tie the game. Which of the following WWE wrestlers hasn't starred alongside Sylvester Stallone in a feature film? Ooh. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hulk Hogan, or The Rock? Uh, Hulk Hogan? Joe, you can steal. That would be The Rock. Is correct. Hulk Hogan appeared alongside Sly Stallone in Rocky 3 Steve Austin was in The Expendables. The Rock has not yet appeared in a movie with Sly Stallone. Joe, you're 2-0 up and it's your question. The
1: attitude adjustment is which professional wrestler finishing move? The attitude adjustment. Oh, I should know this. The attitude adjustment is a move of... John Cena!
0: John, you need to get into this
1: game.
0: <laughs> Stapleton is 3-0 up. And your question, question four, whose finishing move is the atomic leg
1: drop? Hulk Hogan. Is correct. You're on the board. Has Hulk Hogan made an appearance? And Does he still wrestle? Has he made a post-2000 appearance?
2: Yeah, he has. Uh, he won't anymore after his recent outburst. But. Yeah, he's
1: had a little bit of a problem with uh, talking a little too much, like, uh, like the guy I played online poker with. Joe.
0: Paul Michael Levesque, apologies if the pronunciation is incorrect, is the real name of which wrestler? Paul Michael Levesque? Shawn Michaels? John, you can steal.
2: Yeah, it's Triple H.
0: Is correct. So it's three to two now? It is, and John can tie the game if he gets this question correct. Glenn Thomas Jacobs is the real name of which wrestler? Kane. Is correct. Wow, holy shit, it's all tied up. With one round to go. Joe, your question What was The Rock, Dwayne Johnson's first feature film? The Scorpion King. Incorrect. Oh, right, right, fine. You've worked it out. You played The Scorpion Ah, ah, King. ah, 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 ah. Don't give any clues. John, you can steal. (laughs) Uh,
2: No, I don't know. It was
1: The Mummy 2, Mummy
2: Returns
0: played played the Scorpion King. And The Scorpion King was then a subsequent spin-off movie. Okay, if you get this question correct, John, you have won the game. What was John Cena's first lead role in a feature film? And please bear in mind, I've specified his first lead role in a feature film. Don't
1: make the same mistake I made. Um...
2: The marine
0: is correct, and that means. Nice job, John Jacobs. You have conquered the master. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It is a case of the superfan triumphing over stapes. You have won yourself a Stepsy ticket worth 27 euros
1: and an Everyone Loves a Chop Pot T-shirt. Congratulations. That was a good match. That was like I had you pinned, and then I then you tapped out of it. Like you did a little kick out. And then you had me in a sleeper hold and the ref dropped my hand two times. But on the third one, it was like, you eh, say, but then eventually, like, uh, Ultimate Warrior came running down and hit me in the back of the head with a chair. And uh, and you want you know, what's really weird. I just realized last night I had a dream about hitting someone in the back with a chair. WWE style. Strange. Weird. I would say that your metaphor were apt, but we didn't actually script it out and plan it in advance. What are you talking about? i mean i know we didn't script this out are you ins- are you insinuating that they script out wrestling in advance i'm insinuating
0: that there is a certain amount of choreography and planning yes it is a sport james oh absolutely
1: 100 percent, yes mm. john one last question <laughs> sure what were you doing at an airport
2: no it, when you come into gibraltar through the the border you have to cross a runway and then you get into actual gibraltar so every time I go to, every day I go to work, I have to cross the border from Spain into Gibraltar. It's <laughs> an, <laughs> oh an amazing thing.
0: Oh my God, that's commute.
1: crazy. Imagine
0: if you, so you, every time you came to work, you had to walk literally across the field at Heathrow Airport. That is ridiculous.
1: That's so funny.
2: Yeah, so if like a plane's landing, then you just have to stand and wait for like
0: 15 <laughs> minutes and you show up late to work. And- how is that allowed? And how do people not get
1: killed on a daily basis? you wait you um, like there's like a there's like a like a a red hand and a green hand that lets you know <laughs> if a plane's coming
2: yeah they, they have police standing there and then it's like a level crossing where a train is it just sounds an alarm the barriers come down and you have to wait until the plane lands it lands and then you cross
1: that is annoying as hell sounds. It sounds like it's cool for like the first two days and then you're like, get the fuck over it. I mean, obviously with his SAS training, John Right, he can, he, an, can, he can safety roll across the runway.
0: He's an accomplished runway crosser, but because you've cheated death today and before, you're well deserving of your prizes. John, thank you for playing. Thank you for joining us on the show.
2: Thanks very much.
1: Thank you, John. James Hardigan, it's time to wrap things up here on EPT Not Live. The second to last one for 2015. Yeah, the
0: last one, of course, being EPT Not Live at EPT Live, which we'll record on location. We'll also shoot it in vision. Uh, We'll play out the video version during the breaks on the webcast, and then we'll release the audio track later in the week. And a reminder that we are hoping that someone is going to be in Prague who'll want to show up on the day and take part in the Supervan
1: versus Stapes segment. Correct. So holler at your boy if you want to be on Supervan versus Stapes. We're going to have some footage from the Pub Poker League. We're going to have some footage of folks calling my hotel room last night. Uh, they got that indoor skydiving thing happening in Prague. There's something maybe fun we could do with that. You mentioned this the other day, and then you corrected yourself and said, you know what, by the time we get there... Everyone
0: under the sun will have already tweeted their own video of it, and sure enough, my timeline has been
1: full of people tweeting about this skydiving thing. So I'm saying we gotta find we gotta find a new t- what if I did it naked. Huh? Can you imagine that? My junk just f- flying oh. all over the place. Giving giving me bruises, probably, huh? P- pull out the uh, puke sound effect blah, once again. <laughs> Do I smell like sick? Uh shark cage will be nearly over.
0: Yeah, it's a weird one because I think if we're recording on the Monday and there's a chance it goes out on the Tuesday, if we talk about the can't final show,
1: there'll be spoilers. I know, we can't give any spoilers. Oh, and I'll be able to actually play the video from the London School of Economics. We'll roll that into good idea. EPT Not Live at EPT Live. So that's all the time we've got for this week's show, guys. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.